Hey everyone, welcome to the Project Esports Podcast. This is going to be week number two of live streaming. We've got through a pre-show, we got everything going there, but for all of you, this is going to be episode 20 for the podcast. And we have some pretty big topics. One of them may be a little late for some of you that follow the scenics pretty closely, but the rest of them are going to be a couple cool talking points, kind of what stuff's going on. But I guess what I really want to jump into right away is something I'm a little upset with that we, oh, episode 21, it's behind there. So <laughs> might as well try to get it as right as possible. I mean, it's not going to be great, but let's be honest. Um, but the first one we want to talk to is um, talking about XQC, who got cut from the Dallas Fuel actually as we were recording the podcast last week. So if we wouldn't have been such a good host and been looking on Twitter, we would have been able to report this last week. But I guess we're going to have a week behind to kind of talk about this. But I still think it's something very important because he's kind of the poster boy. What I was saying this pre show, he's a poster boy for what not to be doing in esports right now. We've been talking about how you shouldn't be stupid, how you shouldn't, you should grow up a little bit. You're now a professional athlete, and he's clearly not doing that. So I just, I guess, besides initial impressions, what else do you guys kind of have to add on to this whole kind of fiasco happening? I changed my opinion on it. Ooh. I'm flipped now. I'm, uh, I'm team uh, XQC. And Why? okay, so here's the deal. Um, what he did was really stupid. I will admit that. What he did was stupid. He for sure hasn't shouldn't have said it. But I don't think he should have been released. Um, I think it was probably in their best interest to release him. But there's another player on the team who said like actual kind of heinous stuff, and like used like real bad slurs. Like not not trying to downplay like what XQC said and saying that it wasn't bad but i think there's a kind of a big difference from kind of like trying to be edgy and funny and saying that any opponent should uh i think the exact quote is like suck a fat cock as opposed to <laughs> literally dropping like a homophobic slur like the f word yeah. i think that's uh a little bit different um i agree both things are bad but how are they going to release him and not the other person i think i think it's a little bit hypocritical and I think they were really jumping the gun on kind of uh, the, the circle jerk that was going on about everyone kind of focusing on him rather than all the players who were, you know, kind of doing bad things. So, like, like I said, I still think he did a very dumb thing. He shouldn't have done it. But I don't think his intention was to be malicious. And I think other players are actually trying to be malicious. But how do you, like... <laughs> Like, how do you draw that line of, like, I don't know, like, the phrase the phrase alone, suck a fat dick, is, like, you know, it's going to come across as malicious, you know what I mean? So, um, like, I, I see what you're saying, and I think the big thing is probably because of, like, the, like, I'm assuming if this is how Dallas Fuel does their, like, disciplinary thing, but it's, like, the escalated, uh, the escalated, like, uh, disciplinary, like, you know, track, right? SQC had, like, you know... <laughs> Not to not to build, like pun on his name, but X, Y, and Z, you know, built up against him, right? So I mean, I figure, I feel like that might be a bit of a factor on why we like why this like his the other player, which I don't know, who, I don't know who it is. Who who is it? Uh, um, I always forget his name, but I can look up a roster real quick. Is it? It's not Seagull, is it? No, 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 it's not him. Uh, okay. <laughs> who um, apparently isn't active anymore on like on social media, like which I'm assuming is like fear of. Uh, Fear of being condoned like XQC? 
But that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking like this is X, this isn't XQC's like first strike or a second. Like this, like we're getting down the road a little bit. So I think that's why we're seeing him. Like I, I don't think like I, I don't agree with it either. I, I don't think XQC should have been like I don't think he should have been as like swiftly punished as he as he was. On top of that too, like you shouldn't have to have a guy be the poster child for discipline. You know what I mean? I don't think they, it should have been very concisely laid out for everybody, not only for him, for the public. Like, I mean, it should have been relayed to the player too. Like he needs to, a guy with no, probably no background in this sort of thing. He needs to be told that, you know, he needs to be told what, what, like, you know, what to be, what to expect. So I don't know. I think, I think this is a bit of a, an oversight on Dallas fuels part and maybe uh, definitely immaturity on XUCs, but, and it, because it was Taimu, by the way. It was Taimu? Okay, yeah, okay, fair yeah. enough. So yeah. um, there was actually a Washington Post article, which surprisingly Washington wow. posted a really, really good article on it. Um, it If you just search Washington Post uh, XQC, it pops up. Um, I f- forget the journalist's name. It's uh, Avi Selk, I think. He did a fantastic job of representing esports in the mainstream media, even though... Um, the two big gripes I had with it is kind of sucks that the first time I see a really good article on just watching the post about esports, it's about something kind of bad happening. And two, yeah. he used e dash sports. Oh and no! Okay, he's trying. He's trying. He is trying though. Um, but yeah, so it was a really good article, and he actually had an interview with him, and he asked him like what was going on, and uh, XQC was like, "Yeah, I fucked up. I did dumb stuff. Um, I shouldn't have done that, but." I, you know, I, I think if you take the context of it, it's a little messed up. Um, so the reason why he got finally kicked from the team uh, for the second time is the events lined up that he was spamming the tryhard emote while yeah. um, one of the hosts was on. And I think he's like the only, um, he's the only person of color, I think, in Overwatch League, like any of the hosts or commentators or anything. And so, like, obviously, that's kind of a big no-no is the spam try hard when, you know, when that's happening. But apparently, contextually, every time he goes in the chat on Overwatch League, no matter when it is, is he spams it. Yeah, it's like a greeting almost for him, which I mean, yeah. it's, like, it's kind of it's kind of troll. But I mean, like, yeah, it's not like it's not directed at anybody specific, yeah, he, right? He, he didn't intend to do it that way, which it does suck that it lined up that way. Um, and it... I mean, like I said, he's not without fault. He is definitely fucked up, but I think it might have been blown out of a proportion a little bit. I mean, you're you're not making bad points, but at this point, keeping him on the team is just literally costing them money. If you look at this and financially, after he made the first remarks, he sat the rest of the first split that's just money sitting on the bench yeah he's suspended another four games and they're probably going to they would probably would have benched him again for another disciplinary act for the rest of the split so at this point you're just keeping a player on the team that clearly didn't learn his i mean yes this may have been blown out of the water but after being benched the entire first split don't you think you should be walking on tiptoes a little bit more and just being a little more sensitive to everything that you're doing and not trying to get benched again and actually focusing more on helping your team win. I mean, if you look at this and financially, it makes a hundred percent. They're spending $50,000 a year on this kid. 
I actually and disagree with you about the financial aspect. Why? So here, think about it this way. So traditional sports are a little bit different. They're close in this way, but they don't have the sort of um, outside presence that esports does. So um, you have an athlete that's on a traditional sports team. Outside of that team, normally they don't do anything. Yeah, some people have really big social medias, but besides that, they don't really do too much. Mm-hmm. XQC, on the other hand, one of the biggest streamers out there for for um, Overwatch. So whenever he's not playing in the games, he's streaming and building up an audience. And that audience is going to be Dallas Fuel fans. They're fans that are going to buy his jersey. So I don't necessarily agree with the financial thing because, yeah, he got benched. But you know what? He's still going to stream. He's still going to bring in an even bigger audience now because he's like the the controversial one, the bad boy, so to speak, that everyone wants to see him and kind of, you know, try to catch him when he's on that edge or, or whatnot. So I would say, like, from a financial aspect, he, like, kind of is good for the team, even if he's on the bench some some weeks. Okay, but, okay, so we have, let's say, I think kind of the average numbers are about 150,000 people are watching the Overwatch League each and every week. And there's how many teams? 16 teams? Ten, eight teams? 10 teams? I don't even know how many. But let's you're, you're, so, you're supposed to be the Overwatch guy with this shit, man. You say you let's watch every match. Let's ten teams, so that each team out of the 150,000 has 15,000 fans. And let's say, generously, 50% of those buy the jerseys. So 7,500 jerseys are bought because of XQC for whatever reason. That's going to add up to a very minimal amount versus, let's say, a big sponsor that wants to come in and work with the Dallas Fuel which are no longer going to do that because they are still working with a player that makes stupid mistakes that could put that other brand in jeopardy. No team, no brand would want to partner with an organization that allows racism and brand damaging um, actions to continue on. So I know what you're talking about with like the jerseys and stuff and the streaming, but in the big picture, it's not, it's going to hurt investors, all the people putting the money in. I'm sure investors were calling for this as much as kind of some of the media. Do you think that's what sped it up? Do you think like some of the investors were like, fuck this, I want this guy gone? Yeah. You, you think that's why we saw like such a like a... Especially a kind of, so early on, the er, yeah. the Overwatch League is probably... Oh my God, Toast. Um, is probably going to be doing the best this first year. And the chance for new sponsors and things kind of like that are bigger right now more than ever. So... Being on your good side, having a good team this first year and building those sponsorship deals early on is going to be the best thing that um, could be going. And XQC is not going to help Dallas Fuel do this. I mean, they, they're the team with Jack in the Box on their jersey. I mean, yeah. I would be curious what Jack in the Box is thinking about this. I'm sure they've made at least one phone call talking about it. Have we seen anything, like, linked to that? Like, the, like No. That oh, is no. speculation. But... Yeah. If I put my name on a jersey and then some professional player started viewing racist things, I mean, I know it's just one kind of thing, but if one player continue hurting that brand that I am putting money towards, I would not be happy as like a donate. But my question still is, if they're going to release him because of things like that, then why did not they not remove Taimu? Yeah, and Taimu said hasn't worse been... Things. Yeah, and he hasn't been penalized by the Overwatch League either. So yeah, I fine. Do think he did get fined. He did get fined. Very small amount, but 
on uh, in comparison, right? In comparison to getting fined the first time and getting benched. So like he said worse things even after like the precedent was already set. He got fined less and had zero time off. Does he perform better than XQC? Because to my understanding, XQC is a pretty nasty player. Like, again, like I don't, I don't watch Overwatch, but like I mean, it, like, it, like on a skill level, like does, does, does he perform better than him? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you to be honest. And and I guess I don't watch the Dallas Fuel enough to know which one of those would be better for the team. But I think it's only a matter of time before he's gone as well. I mean, these first kind of batch. I mean, uh, the rotten eggs are going to go. And I mean. Just think if, I mean, I, I'd be curious. I don't know if this has ever happened, but has like a professional basketball player or NFL player ever gone on? I mean, the equivalent would be ESPN. I mean, I guess there is no equivalent for other sports, so it's so hard to compare this, which you're like, kind of talking about It's like about social right media, away. I guess. Like if, if someone were yeah. to post something on Twitter or Instagram or something like that. Yeah. But you can't, like, no, nobody does that, though. I don't know. Maybe it's because. Yeah, they're all smart enough not to. <laughs> no, well, I no it's, it's just they don't run their own accounts. Well, that's that's that's, that's probably it. It's probably one they don't run their own account. Two, they've probably had years and years of PR conditioning when these guys haven't. Like, you know what I mean? They've like they've built their brand off of shit like this, right? Like XQC, like I don't think his entire brand was being the nice, honest dude. He's definitely built it off of you know being a bit of a shithead, right? So I don't think I think those are the two big things. That again, again, they're usually policed pretty heavily to the point where they almost don't run it, and two. They have experience, right? Hi, Toast. Such a needy mood right now. I'm sorry for that. Um, no, yeah, you're right. And I don't know. I think this is just this is something that isn't going to happen for very long. I mean, I think either brands like we've talked about are going to be putting a lot more time into PR. I mean, ideally, this kind of stuff just stops happening on streams. But I don't know. I I don't think me and Dylan are ever going to come to an agreement. I think it was a good that XQC was released just because of his actions and clearly not learning um, that I could definitely see this happening again um, with him down the road. Do you think, though, that there's ever a chance of him coming back to the Overwatch League? Or do you think every team's just going to be done with him for good enough? Redemption arc. I'm ready for it. To, <laughs> I, it's going to be next year. Redemption arc. Okay, like, and then, and exactly, like, just to build on it, think about how many NFL, NBA players have been, have had criminal convictions and can still, yeah. you know, have come back, you know what I mean? No, and I definitely think it will, too. I mean, I think it'd be fun if he, I mean, it'll be a while. He's done for this split. That's un, yeah. Yeah. unquestionable. But, I mean, maybe later in the year and the fourth split or something well, like that, he might come back. Otherwise, I think next year would make more sense, like, okay, I've, honed my skills i've been smarter i haven't done anything in the last year like i'm ready to come back and be the player i should have been last year reformed. i think this year might reformed <laughs> yeah yeah you'll see that and then and then he'll do the same exact thing next year but he, well i mean maybe guaranteed he doesn't go back to dallas though he goes to a struggling no. team they're gonna be one of the well, one dallas of the, is a struggling team well i mean yeah <laughs> but i mean i think even more struggling than them, say like yeah. florida or some shit like you know what i mean shanghai I think, Shang, yeah, that would be sick. He goes to Shanghai, man, and then and you know what? Guarantee he stays the exact same way. Shanghai fucking loves him. That's what'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm curious. So Genguri arrives on the 23rd. So I think she might be on the stage next week for the first time. Is, and is she first string? I don't know, but I'm sure they're gonna try to put her in. 
she'll play at least some next week. I mean, or whenever she's fully in. But um, just because she's a name and stuff kind of like that. But that's another character that people are kind of worried about too. So, I mean, maybe Shanghai is just going to adopt like the bad boy kind of vibe and just let everyone go with it. But just be the just be the shitheads of the league and just yeah. be totally okay with it. Someone's got to be it. No, but <laughs> I I really do hope she does well. And I'll be curious to kind of see that. And maybe we can mention on that next week's episode if she does play. But that's just kind of another one when you mentioned Shanghai that I saw that uh, get posted earlier this week by one of them. So it'll be curious to kind of see how that goes. But I think we've got a good couple talking points on this. So it'll come up again. Rather the redemption arc or. Uh, Typhoon getting uh, pulled off the team later, someone else doing something stupid. But until then, I will let it kind of hand over to you, James, and we talk a little bit about your favorite topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This week, we didn't have to, like, I didn't have to, like, force it in. It's actually a topic this week. Um, so, yeah, no, as, as pretty much anybody who follows the scene knows, um, most of the <laughs> major leagues have uh, started, like, to round out their, um, their, uh, their, uh, their splits um, with League of Legends. Um, NA just finished up their first place match. Um, and I think, uh, Andrew, you and I talked about this, um, like 100 Thieves' roster is not something that's, not something that's like anything crazy on paper. It's a lot of yep. veterans and it's a lot of guys that you, you chuck together and you wouldn't expect them to do well, but here we are. Like, I mean, veteran status basically got you first place. Um, they played their tiebreaker match tonight. I believe it was against Echo Fox. Um, my, my attention on league has not been super crazy tonight. Um, mainly because uh, following yesterday, CLG did not make playoffs, which is also shit. Yeah. Um, but they had a they have four tiebreakers to do tonight, I believe, because they have four teams tied at eleven and seven. So it's a bit of a shit show that way. Um, so we're gonna see some like I think we're gonna see some pretty good playoffs um, coming out of the NALCS as far as like tiebreakers and stuff like that, uh, or not tiebreaker story, but as far as like the actual like spring spring finals. Um, but not only on top of that, um, the EU finished up as well. Um, a surprise, but not surprise to a lot of people. Fanatics uh, secured their spot at the top. Yep. Um, and then there was a couple. There was a couple other ones that were kind of like like the dark horses kind of thing that I think are like with some certain rosters nobody was really expecting. Um, I'm just gonna bring up the list right now because I lo- I was looking at it the other day. Um, Should have been a little more prepared for this, but <laughs> well, just kind of why you're doing that. It's not yeah, quite yeah. in talking about that, but I just think something fun that uh the uh EU LCS is doing is that they're allowing average league players to be entered into a raffle to yeah. play on stage at the uh, championship. Yeah, in um, Copenhagen, it's it's pretty yeah. fucking dope, man. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. twenty random people are going to get selected to play like in a mini tournament, so it'd be. Uh, four different teams playing to kind of do. I think that's just kind of a fun thing. Why just kind of giving you time to kind of fill in until. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So looking at. just kind of fun to do. No, no, it's it's super dope. So the two the two teams that have buys are Fnatic, of course, and G2, of course. Now, G2, I'm kind of surprised by this because they lost everybody but Perks. Perks was the, the all-star mid laner, yep. um, and they rebuilt the roster around him. Now, that being said, the people that he, they built around him, it's not really surprising. Um, for example, um, Hajarnan and Wadid have some pretty some pretty great synergy. Um, that being said, they're not they're not top tier players. You know what I mean? They're not anything they're not anything crazy. Um, but they're still like they they solidified as a unit. Um, Fnatic like the only swap they made was Hillisang over to or from uh, Jez's, which is like 
it's a lateral move in my opinion. Hillsang's always been a standout support, so I'm not I'm not really shocked. Um, there's now it's when you get to the quarterfinals that's when shit gets real fucky. This is when you start seeing. <laughs> so Team Vitality is up there, which is ridiculous. Um, they brought in the new hotshot mid laner, Dzuke, uh, who, as I've said in previous podcasts, they call him the Italian Stallion. Um, <laughs> he's ridiculous. He's vocal. He's energetic. It's great. Um, and the other one too is H2K. So H2K. Um, if you watch the split at all, started with a horrendous, horrendous uh, record. I think it was like 0-7 or some shit like that. Yeah, it was yeah. ridiculous. I don't know I don't know how they pulled this out of their ass, but they brought back um, a super, super veteran player um, in the jungle it being, oh my God, what is his name? Because I watched him on Copenhagen. EULCS website, why do you hate me? <laughs> there we go. Uh, Shook. So Shook's been around in the scene for ages. He's been around forever. Um, and then they brought um, a, a, a player who has got a bit of a a bit of a uh, colored history falling through teams and stuff like that. And Selfie. Selfie's been on a number of rosters. He was he was in a bit of a cloud nine like a fuck around uh, at the beginning of the split because he was supposed to be on their academy roster. He left them because he wasn't making enough money. Um, so he moved over to H2K. But midway through the season, they had Kadrill who was filling in it mid and then went to jungle um it was it was really weird so again a, a team that had this much dissension um kind of turned it around and made it to quarterfinals so they're playing they're the ones who are playing um vitality which is really cool because um vitality has a, a lot of um a lot of personality on the on the roster as well their head coach is yamato cannon who's known for being very outspoken very I, I don't want to say flamboyant, but have you ever seen the guy dress? He looks he looks great, but it's very boomy, it's very <laughs> colorful. He like Vitality's like this this like they're the peacock of the ULCS. I love them, um, and they also have Gilius, who is a huge Twitter personality, um, like infamous for starting shit on Twitter. He is the EULCS's XQC, hundred percent. He is, but he like, but I, I don't know. They they let him get away with it. I don't know why. Um, he's not to the point where he's being racist, but he's starting shit with everybody. He's he's calling people out. He has a huge beef with I will dominate. Um, but it, maybe it's because it's all over Twitter. I don't know. And like he, where Dom's not in the LCS, I don't I don't know why they allow it. Um, but that being said, they're in there as well. And then the other two are Splice and um Rocat. Now Splice and Rocat have always been like contenders for near the top, which is never a bad t- thing. Um, Rocat has a, um, in my opinion, a B tier roster. Um, a lot of their guys are like guys who were constantly subs. They were constantly uh, like chucked around on like a lot of the smaller teams. Like Blank, Blank was on like PSG when they tried to make their break into the LCS and stuff like that. Who are a big factor of like why everybody thinks the EU LCS is failing? Because PSG, as you guys know, is like a huge soccer org. They're fucking massive. Um, they tried their stop at that. They didn't get in, and they're like, fuck it, it's not worth the money. Um, but yeah, no. So like EU kind of solidified with that. Um, we're gonna kind of see tonight how things pan out over at NA. The two, two big takeaways from NA is Hunter Thieves is first. Nate shot, you're doing something right, and CLG's out. I'm upset. <laughs> but, I mean, we're about even on that on uh, the prediction king because FlyQuest didn't make it either. Yeah. FlyQuest <laughs> yeah. Fly is a lot closer to Counterlogic Gaming than we all thought they were gonna be. Yeah. FlyQuest they... six and twelve. CLG is seven and eleven, so yeah. we are not out. No, so. so yeah, no, it'll be. I think I think it'll be interesting. I mean, uh, it'll be. I think it'll be a good good playoffs. I mean, it's got a bunch of a bunch of like static orgs that always make the top three. 
Um, or always, oh, yeah, always make top three being TSM and Cloud9. It is nice to see 100 Thieves, and it is nice to see Clutch Gaming to, yeah. to break out into the top. And and even Echo Fox stepping up, too. I mean, that was, yeah, I was yeah, really yeah. surprised to see them up there. Well, that was the big, they were the big question mark because the roster was just like such, it was either they were 100% on or they were 100% off, and yeah. they are, they're fucking on, right? So it's it's good to see them, like, you know, pull up their socks. I'm really excited that Clutch Gaming is there. I re- Personally, I'm a big fan of Clutch Gaming. I'm a big fan of Febby. Um, so I'm excited to see how they do. Um, so yeah, no, that's my, that's my kind of recap of the, uh, yeah. N-A-E-U-L-C-S. The week, I mean, I need to make a graphic this so that we can do the weekly, uh, James Weekly League of Legends brand. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just, I'll just rant for like us all like five, seven minutes, not take a single breath. And then you, we don't have to <laughs> talk about League for the rest of the night. So there we go. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, if anything, if you somehow need to ever know the third string player on some random team in the EU, send I'm James a message on Twitter. He can, <laughs> he can do it all. But I think with that, that's a pretty good summary of everything kind of going on in League of Legends. So I want to jump over to the, I mean, because I, I know Dylan doesn't have too much to add, and I think James did a pretty damn good job of summarizing it all. So I want to kind of jump over to something that may not be considered 100% esports, but I feel that it's big enough kind of going on in the video games industry that we should bring it up because it is kind of record-breaking and stepping, bringing video games as a whole forward. So for those of you that don't know, earlier this week, um, the Twitch streamer Ninja, who primarily plays um, Fortnite that we talked a lot about last week, live streamed with Drake, the musician, um, Juju Smith Schuster. He's, he's a rapper, all right. Call him a rapper. The, okay. He's not a well, <laughs> just making it very general for anyone that might not who know who Drake is. Uh, Juju Schuster Smith, who is an NBA, an NFL receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and um, Travis Scott, who is another rapper. And don't and, for, and don't forget Kim.com. He played with Kim.com for a little bit. Oh, did he? <laughs> yes. Jesus, oh my man. God. But so this stream blew out of the water um, the tr- previous record that we actually talked about on this um, by Dr. Disrespect. And it got over 600,000 viewers um, at the peak. And the old record was, I think, 342,000. So almost, do you know what it was exactly? It was uh, 500. Cause, really? Yeah, because. Dr. Disrespect and um, Tyler both hit around that, didn't they? Didn't they both Tyler, hit? Didn't he peak around there? Tyler peaked. I think it was like four thirty or something like that. Was I don't think he. I, I don't think he broke five, but I know he. I know he. I know he broke four. Okay, then Dr. Disrespect then probably broke and hit no, five hundred. So, right? Um, unless oh. no, unless it happened again. Um, Church reports that Dr. Disrespect reached a total of 388,000 concurrent viewers during its highly anticipated return to streaming yesterday. Um, the current highest um, reserve as an individual is Dr. Disrespect with over 388,000. Really? So okay. 400,000 okay. is where it was. So I was a little oh, under okay. 340. So a little under 400,000 is the old record. So not quite double, but still 200,000 more viewers tuned in to watch this than anything else. And I guess... I mean, that's just fucking crazy. And that finally <laughs> got Dylan to try Fortnite. James, you still need to try Fortnite. It's yeah. so good. This, it is so good. I mean, I can just talk about Fortnite forever. But what I, well, I kind of want to talk about Fortnite more, but not necessarily about the game or about the Twitch streamer, but just kind of the phenomenon that's going on with 
how it's taking over the world. I mean, it is now on every system. It just got released on a mobile, so you can play the full version on your iPhone or Android. And it's pretty much talked about in whatever medium. So um, for March Madness, for example, the other day, um, a number 16 seed beat number one seed. That barely ever happens. And how they describe that feeling after they won is that the feeling you get when you win your first Fortnite game. Like, even wow. big other sporting events are referencing Fortnite, a video game. Wait, okay, so wait, was this an announcer that said that, or was that like... No, a, like one a of the players. Game? This was a quote from a player who made, like, was a big part of winning the game. He said, how do you feel? He said, it feels like winning my first Fortnite game. Oh, my God. And he talked about on news, there are celebrations and sporting events. I mean, it's always going viral, or there's people doing the dances, or all kinds of stuff on that and social media websites. So this is a phenomenon that we haven't really seen before in video games with this kind of virality. And that I think it is the first video game to reach this level of mainstream. I mean, do you guys have anything to add on that? Do you disagree? I mean, I'm just can't believe this is happening more or less. I disagree. Um, I think other games have gotten this level of playability amongst like the general audience, but I don't think there was um the kind of video game streaming culture behind it to propel it so like it was so visible because i know like when madden was super big and when like call of duty modern warfare 2 was super big everyone played that game like everyone played that game yeah and i guarantee like everyone like like everyone in high school and like all the sporting teams and everyone played those games but their streaming wasn't really big streaming was barely a thing at that time mm-hmm. and you know they didn't have that kind of internet backing to it and so now with that in place too i think both of them together propelled it so it's way more visible i do think it is one of the most played games for sure like amongst like mainstream audiences but still i think i think the reason why we're seeing this today is just because of the kind of what the atmosphere of gaming is like right now yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it's true. Like I mean, it, it brings a like an unaccountable amount of exposure to the rest of the world. You know what I mean? Like I mean, no one like you're not gonna like it's gonna pop up in your newsfeed now on like anything because one person's gonna be associated with it, and then you're gonna like again. I guarantee you, everybody, anybody who listens to fucking Drake shared the fact that he was streaming with ninja or they were like who the fuck is this ninja guy you know what i mean and then they went and looked at it right and then boom and then you have even more exposure to the game they say oh fuck drake's playing this i want to play this too you know what i mean so this i think that's why we see such an ups like like a visible upsurge in um in exposure that i like again i I agree i think cod 4 cod 4 2 reached like a similar notoriety but i i don't think it's 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 as apparent as it, it is now right like it's 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 way more like it's brought to our attention way more see and i i, I agree with some of the points you're making that yeah twitch uh culture is much bigger and things kind of like that but i mean maybe it was so far long ago that'd be hard but like when how often did professional athletes like these big names openly talk about it though i mean i don't ever remember I mean, I guess streaming was different, but I feel like whenever an athlete or someone like that that was involved in a video game was almost always some kind of sponsored ad. Like, I've never seen Juju Schuster Smith just loves it so much that he tweets about it all the time. He makes 
jokes about it all the time. And I mean, I'm Drake starting to be more and that I just feel like there hasn't been this much publicity from big stars talking about a video game. Yes. Call of Duty and Madden, those reached the same amount of people, but I don't feel like they ever reached, and maybe that's just a growth of social media. And I definitely think in the recent years, it's been more acceptable to talk about video games. I think that, I think that's a big thing. I think that no one's going to judge any pro player for playing Fortnite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if, like that's just it. It was like, for example, um, the, the Vikings kicker from years and years ago who like played league and uh, buddy from the Celtics, um, broke his leg this year like right at the big uh, debut Hayward. yeah yeah yeah. Gordon, yeah yeah gordon hayward yeah yeah yeah. so that was like a, that was like a niche thing everybody thought like gordon hayward was like a kind of a cool nerd for doing that shit but now it's like and when he did his interview with like boy boy and stuff like that but now and by the way brought league back into it um we're um <laughs> but now we're seeing this crazy like this is okay now you know what i mean like um, like it's to the point now where like Demetrius Johnson streams whenever, when, you know, whenever he's not fighting and stuff like that, he doesn't stream a shit ton, but he streams a bit and nobody's like, Snoop Dogg streams, Snoop Dogg streams. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's, it's more acceptable for these things to happen. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no stereotype associated with it. Nobody's going to sit there and chew them out. Like, I feel, I feel like if this happened when COD 4 and, you know, and Madden and shit like that were big, um, I feel like the public would have been more upset with the players being like you know why the fuck aren't you doing you know like training or some shit like that why are you playing video games you know what i mean and now everybody's okay with it. everybody recognizes that everybody plays fucking video games in some level or another you know what i mean yeah and i also saw i just kind of agree with that i think nerd culture is kind of finally becoming acceptable at least more than it was before i mean you've seen michael b jordan he tweets and talks about anime all the time and kim kardashian posts anime on instagram like that's becoming more acceptable and kind of more into the mainstream video games becoming more acceptable so it is finally our time boys we are finally able to be accepted <laughs> for what we are but no i'm i just think i think that does have a lot to do with it that people aren't afraid of being judged as much because a lot of those stereotypes are gone i mean twitch streamers making a living off that is starting to be a thing these youtube stars and all that kind of stuff it's not becoming as far-fetched i think that people can start to understand the concepts behind why it is starting to and that's kind of why esports is starting to grow big because people are starting to accept that it can be played as a competitive level like any other sport and i think that kind of plays in with everything we're talking on but dylan do you have anything to i mean i totally agree i think just because i i mean the internet probably has a lot to do with it just like as the yeah. internet becomes more and more integrated into society you're able to find kind of those niche interests way quicker than you used yeah. to um because before it was like oh it was just something you kind of stumbled across but now that like everyone has access to those kinds of things you're seeing things that are considered more traditionally nerdy is becoming a lot more you know widely popular and with that things like esports video games they're becoming a lot more accepted um also just to add i think it being free also has a lot to do with it too because like mm -hmm. everyone could just download it and play it yeah um and now does that apply to consoles as well like can you download for free on consoles and play yep. it? okay yeah. and so yeah, there's exactly. the play there's a save the world so you can download fortnite um but then you'll need to purchase the save the world mode but you have like an option where you can just choose between the two so yeah so it's 100 free to play takes like five minutes to download and get going too which i think makes a big difference we were talking about this a little bit before show but there's no barrier to entry. There's no money. There's very little. It's not hard to understand, like League of Legends or Dota. I mean, you point and shoot. 
it's very similar to every other games and then yeah and that is just kind of so mainstream that you feel like you have to kind of play it to be understanding what's going on i was at the bars last night and they now have a drink at the bar called slurp juice that's just recently been introduced, like in the last couple of weeks. I'm uncomfortable so, with something na- being named that. I don't know. I don't think I drink it. It really good. I have no idea what it was in it, but it was good. But um, it's just, yeah, it's just become such a pop culture thing that not only is it easy to get into, but people feel like they have to get into it, be understanding what all these memes and videos are kind of about, which has been amazing. But, yeah, I guess that's all I really wanted to kind of touch on that. I just liked kind of seeing that. Um, it's just reaching a different level of kind of mass media and you see on the news and stuff, people talking about it. So I just wanted to bring that up because it is so big. And I think with Fortnite being so big as it is now will make things easier in the future because video games are getting more to the mainstream, which obviously makes esports and everything we're trying to work towards easier as well. And I also yeah, just, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you, on my end, you beat me, so you go. Okay, so I also just want to add that I'm really glad this happened to Ninja. um, Because he does seem like a genuine good person and a good representation for Twitch. It just, I mean, he doesn't have anything that's like, there's no edge about him. Like, I don't really see anything that could be considered like, um, like even controversial. He just seems like a really, like, good streamer, good guy, and like, um... I he's saw, a little like quirky and shit like that, yeah, but that's like, yeah, that's but like he's it, not right? doing yeah. anything bad. I, I no, saw exactly. a post by his, I think it was his girlfriend, um, because she is also his manager, and like they're doing like big charity streams and stuff like that too. Which, like on top of all that, I, I think it's good for Twitch being viewed from an outside audience. Yeah, and before you pop in, James, I just want to say another yeah. guy I really want to kind of give a shout out to, and I think just the Twitch streaming community, at least around Fortnite, is really well. So the other biggest one. One of the other bigger ones um, is TSM Myth, and he is an incredibly humble guy as well, too. And I think the both of them being the faces of Fortnite streaming is incredibly well, because I think he just reached some big benchmark followers. I don't know if it was 1 million, 10 million, something like that, but he started crying on stream. He cries all the time with big donations when something big is kind of going around. So having both of those guys as kind of the faces of Fortnite streaming is also incredibly good for the game. You have two incredibly humble but entertaining guys doing that is we need more people kind of like that. And I mean, and not there's nothing wrong with Dr. Disrespect, but he had that kind of controversy and stuff kind of like that. There hasn't been anything like that with Fortnite too. There's been no bad things about Fortnite except that it's addicting. Yeah, that well, I was just going to say, thing. when's the last time you've seen a controversial article going out about Fortnite? You know what I mean? Like there's, there's yeah, none it's of just it. parents complaining. I never talk to my kids anymore. <laughs> yeah, That's I feel the like biggest I mean... thing. Yeah, exactly, right? It's, like, I mean, even though it is, like, a Battle Royale game and stuff like that, it's fairly innocent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, we're not seeing any of the bullshit of, like, you know, um, like, kids committing violence because of playing a fucking game, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's, like... Oh, well, yeah, I mean, there's it, fun costumes, there's fun items, yeah. there's boogie bombs, like, yes, you're still obviously killing people, but it's not, like, there's no blood, there's no guts, it's, it is a truly innocent game, like you're saying, which is a really good point, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now I'm trying to remember my previous point, but I think we already, I think we already, no, it's all good. I think we were touching on it. I think it was the fact that Ninja has no controversy around him. Ninja doesn't have any of this, this bad publicity. And he's, again, he's genuine. All right. Now, I mean, we're, we might be putting our foot in our mouths, like, you know, maybe a month yeah. or two down the road with all this exposure and stuff like that. But Ninja's been pretty consistent. Like he's been streaming for a while and he's been grinding for a while too. So I feel like any, any, like, you know, a skeleton is in his closet 
would have came out like like in this week, in this week alone, um, because we saw his rise of popularity last Sunday, and now we're again on this Sunday. And I feel like if anybody wanted to fuck him over, we would have seen it now. You know what I mean? People, yeah. people like I mean, with as far as like wanting to expose, you know, quote unquote fakes or anything like that on the internet, um, you kind of want to do it as soon as possible. It's not like uh, it's not like celebrities and stuff like, or they're, they're, for, they're a form of celebrities, but I mean, like, it's not where it takes months or years, you know, and stuff to come out. You know what I mean? It's pretty, like, it's pretty cut and dry, right? Because people save shit. People have clips of somebody, like, like Twitch lets you clip, clip shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I say something fucked up right now, and one of our seven viewers are watching and think it's fucked up, you know what I mean? They can clip it and check it on Twitter, and, you know, anybody who associates it with, like, I mean, that's a, it's a very small scale thing, but I mean, that's, that's how easy it is, right? Yeah. So. So I think, yeah, no, I think this is, there's nothing but good coming from this besides, <laughs> besides Travis Scott calling him the N-word on stream. But like, that's, yeah, but that's, that's, that's it, right? That's not Ninja, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think we've talked about this a good amount. I think that was kind of a good thing that we kind of touched on. Yeah, I just want to say that it was important to kind of brought up. But before we kind of get cut off for time, I know Dylan needs to get his weekly Dota rant in here too so let's kind of hop over to you and see what you got for us all right so dota new payment model for dota to help them get that money sort of (laughs) um so they have like a subscription model now called dota plus which they call an evolution of the major battle pass so they had those so the first iteration of it sort of was um during the international um, they did the compendium. That was their first, like, oh, big monetization thing. And then after that, they released the Majors Battle Pass, which was, like, for the other major tournaments. And then so now they have this other one that, like, incorporates in-game stuff now. Um, so I'm going to run just right through it and just kind of yeah, go please. through over all this stuff. But basically, it's $4 a month, which I think is super reasonable. Yeah. Um, so a big thing is like you get like this new like leveling thing in hero progression yeah yeah, hero progression and so basically it's just like oh there's like new challenges that you could do where you can kind of like level up your heroes and then from there that basically just gives you like little tokens to help unlock skins and stuff like that so there's like special skins that you can get for just doing these challenges which is cool because it's kind of like uh like an in-game achievement sort of to get these like skins and everyone loves skins in games and also what i think is really cool is there's like this chat wheel that you could say you're like 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 the hero lines but you could also do it to all chat (laughs) so like if there's my 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 favorite thing is like there's gotta be a hero out there that has some like really funny bm stuff that i just want to i just want to spam it um, like, I know Invoker has, like, the fight me one, where he just, like, says fight me. You could do it to all chat, which is really funny. Yeah, that's, um, like, uh, I feel, and I feel, I actually, like, looking at the website and stuff like that with Invoker, or the other one's, like, profitable engagement. I can feel like, I feel like that can, like, troll somebody really, really bad if it's, like, a botched engage or some shit, man. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I think it's going to be kind of funny. Um, and then they have this, they call it the, like, plus assistant, which is kind of like, people say it's, like, an in-game coach, sort of. So it i really want to know how this works i want to know how it works on the back end because this is amazing so they have like item suggestions they have ability suggestions and all that is just them taking data from players that have played the games 
and they're just like crunching it with like machine learning and going based on how this game is going i think you should take this ability or i think you should take this item because of like you know 99 percent of the time players take this at this time um even down to like hero suggestions so if like you're drafting and stuff and like the based on the bands and stuff they could be like oh maybe these champions will be good in this matchup that's that's man that's yeah. that's that's like and that's a part of dota too that's what i like it's not a third party thing like this is dota's thing you know what it I mean? is it's incredible like i want to know how accurate how good it is um and on top of that they just have increased like statistics so i really like looking at stats and stuff like this so this like hits like a certain part of my brain i love it but like they have like a better death summary now um they have breakdowns for like the post game stuff where they just like completely expand upon it it's amazing like my favorite like thing about this is like uh like the hero stuff it's like like whatever like i, I don't really care about that too much but like the coach thing that yeah. sort of technology like blows my mind i think it's incredible because like there are instances of where i've seen that type of thing used um one of the things is um in hearthstone they have the arena which is drafting yeah. so the big part of that is just if you draft a good deck if you basically know how to pilot the deck sort of like if you have your fundamentals of card games down you'll go far if you can draft well so they released a program of it's a third-party program that in like interacts with hearthstone of where it tells you basically what to pick so it'll yeah. be like oh like here's like a score like they assign a score so the higher score you want to pick it normally um but even then in, in that system in that system they mess it up sometimes so they'll they'll give like a really high score to like a shitty card so i'm very interested to see on how good valve did with this because if they if they have some like really good programming and really good machine learning behind this like this is actually really incredible kind of technology and like like it, it seems like such a simple thing but like this actually kind of blows my mind i think this is really amazing yeah i think and like i think two two things one the subscription fee is not anything crazy it's about what you pay it's like less than what you pay for fucking spotify you know what i mean yeah. like um and it's also like 12 percent off if you subscribe for 12 months like 12 percent off of four dollars like i mean that's that's I mean, it's like six for me because I'm Canadian, but um, like it's 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 super affordable too. Like, I mean, you have a hard time not justifying this, right? Um, and again, the, just the amount of shit you get with it, man. Like, you can't you, you can't beat that. That is so much bang for your buck. This is like the Discord Nitro discussion all over again. You know what I mean? Like, except it blow it blows it out of the water. And also, I for I forgot to mention this exactly what the battle cups are. So. Dota also has an in-game tournament client, or not tournament client, but the in-game tournament system. And if you get this, you get free entry into those amateur tournaments. Which, wow. like, if you're, like, any any sort of competitive, like, this is it. Like, this is your entry into all the amateur tournaments on top of all the other stuff. Man. Yeah, no, this is a... this. I, I hope it does well, because at, like, at face value, it looks like a really, really good idea. Like, I don't see basically any downside. Like, there there is no downside to this. All of it seems really good. Like, I I really have to hand it to to Valve. Like, a lot of the stuff they release is very few and far between. But like, whenever they do big stuff with Dota, it's it's always amazing. Mm -hmm. 
I agree. Yeah, I mean, it, like, I mean, and, and they're also they're also taking some stuff from like League too, because like League changes their map around all around a bunch, but like Dota's including it in this, which is, I mean, it's a nice little perk plus the random stuff like the spectator win probability. Like, I mean, you know, that's kind of like yeah. niche, but it's kind of cool too, yeah. right? I know Andrew's got a face on him, like he's got something to say. So I've been sitting back, like. I've been sitting back listening to you guys. I want you guys to be able to convince me that this is a good thing. But I think this sets a huge negative precedent for future of esports. Why does the hero progression have to be behind a paywall? Well, I mean, so I understand some of that. So four bucks a month gets you into, like, if it was just four bucks a month gets you into all the amateur tournaments and gives you the behind-the-scenes stats and all that kind of stuff for players that really want to do that, that's fine, but why do they have to start locking content behind a paywall that could have been introduced for free? No, no, I mean, no. it, it's it's skins. It's it's not like you're signing up. Hero progressions, leveling up a hero needs to be behind a paywall. I feel like that's something that's huge. I mean, legal. I mean, it may not be super in depth, but League of Legends has a leveling system that um you don't have to pay for. I just feel like that's. You think, a bad you think it's because there's, but like I mean, like, so I see, I see the argument because it, yeah, we're going back to the paywall thing with a bunch of like other shit that's done it, and it typically doesn't do well. But I feel like it's not, it's encompassing stuff that Valve was behind on the times with, like hero progression, seasonal training, or seasonal map changes, shit like that, item suggestions. Like, I mean, those things are already integrated in part of League and stuff like that, right? Um, like yeah, the so why would you want to put that behind a paywall? Why wouldn't because you they, want Because that they're to including be... more than that, right? They're including more than that, just that shit. I mean, there might be backlash because people expect that stuff to come already, but as far as the amateur tournaments, the skins, um, and some other sh random shit that they, that like League hasn't done. And I guarantee League would put behind a paywall because they would like, I mean, that's just it. I feel like a mastery skin of a champion, like say, okay, say you want, like say you have Ash and you're like a level seven Ash or some shit, right? Like that. I still feel like if you were to get like a mastery skin for Ash, because you know, you're level eight or nine, like down the road and stuff like that, they'd still put that behind like a 520 RP paywall. You know what I mean? Like, so I feel but how like I see this is. Like, for the hero leveling system, it's the thing I had the biggest problem with. Let's go to Call of Duty, because that is kind of unbiased, and everyone can understand that. I feel like that's having to pay to be able to level up your guns in any of the Call of Duty games. How is it any different? You, there are specific challenges for the guns. There are on skins unlocked for the, those guns by completing those challenges. There are stats behind that. I feel like this is the exact same thing of leveling up a gun or leveling up a class in, like, Call of Duty, but putting it behind a paywall. Well, I mean, Call of Duty leveling is a lot different because you unlock things that will make you better at the game. This has nothing to do with the core gameplay mechanics. This is all additional stuff. So when, I get that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so when Dota released, or when Valve released this game, Dota is Dota. It is right here. They always add onto it and they add a lot more stuff. But this really and truly is extra bits of the game. You're not losing out on core Dota if, yeah. if you don't have this. It's like, and so we're talking about item suggestions. I just want to reiterate, this is not like, oh, this is kind of what the meta is. You should pick this. Or, yeah, that's true. It, it's it's just it's just statistics. It's raw statistics. Yeah. Statistics, which I guess you can still do in League of Legends. You just go through like LOL Analytics, fucking Champion GG, stuff like that, which, right? Which, which uh, Dota already 
kind of has built into the game because you can pull community guides for your item builds. So you could look up whatever the most upvoted item build is for this hero before the game. And you just literally, you just click add guide to, to item thing. So in your, your item purchase thing, it just puts it right there. And it's like, this is what you should buy. So this is, this is an addition to the, like an already robust system that they have. So like, I would even say that system they had originally went further than leagues. Because league, you can't import guides straight to there without uh, a third party. I know with a third party you can, um, yeah. but just base game, you have to have it tabbed over. Like you have to tab back and forth. But Dota already had it, so you just put it right in. This is an additional kind of layer to that, which the reason why I think it's okay is because all these are additional layers, and not only that, but like it's really stacked what you get. So if it was like the hero leveling system for like four bucks a month, I'd go. Oh, that's really dumb but it doesn't really add anything core to the game i can still go in and play dota this is just a way to like i mean if anything it's it's like an extra step they add so like they have the like the culmination of doing these challenges is to get these skins so like with dota plus they give you exclusive dota plus skins yeah but they're even locking it behind like challenges too so like they're just adding little tiny like gimmick bits so to speak to to the game and that's why i kind of think it's okay yeah and yeah. i think the i think the other thing is too like i mean some of this the some of this shit at face value seems like it's a little like it's a little like biased to somebody paying in but at the end of the day all it is is information that's all it is whether or not the it makes the player better or not is totally dictated by the player you know what i mean um i mean the death summary seems like something that should have been should seem like a core part of the game but like when you when you look like when you look at death like me for example like as i'm scrolling through this i see death summary i'm like why the fuck isn't that a part of the game no right? it is it is it's, and, but it's just a it. robust version and that's just it, it. it's it's a, like a second by second timeline vice just this like, like general overlay which is exactly what league has league has a general like you know a general like this is who killed you with what and it's it's shitty now and a lot of people have called for like a remake but that being said that's all it is is just like it's a more robust version right same thing with post-game analytics i'm sure dota can you confirm already has it it's just this is just again more in depth yeah. so i mean you're paying for information which i mean still a little sketchy but i think in comparison to the cod argument where you're not you know you're not like you're not paying for easier skill shots to land you know what i mean you're not paying for like your fucking like skill shot like window to be from this to this you know what i mean so i think i think if if that was the case if it was making shit like that easier 100 there'd be fucking public outcry up the up the yang right but with this, it's just information that third parties were doing, and Valve's just smart enough to be like, listen, we're going to make this super cheap, but you do get stuff that you were already going to have to pay for anyways, like skins and uh, amateur uh, amateur like uh, payments. And also, and okay, I just want to make free, free champions. All the, cha all the champions are free from day one. <laughs> free game. <laughs> this, this is where you yeah. fucking Christ. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, first off, I want to make a couple points. So, first off, I have no problem with this information. I think the $4 is worth it for the information, the battle pass, all that kind of stuff. I'm 100% on board with that. The point that I was trying to make is I feel like that some kind of hero, is there any kind of hero leveling system in the game right now? Or is this the first one being introduced? Dylan. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> and I, don't problem, I don't play very often, so. That's fine. I just feel that, that, and some kind of hero leveling 
is such a big part of every game, and I think especially free-to-play games, that it is setting that kind of precedent. Like, if there's two different versions, like, okay, we're releasing hero leveling to everyone, but if you buy this battle pass and you're at level five, you automatically unlock these skins. You automatically unlock these chat wheel modes. So if some of those things were behind the paywall only, I'd be fine with that. But an entire system of the game not being available to people that don't pay, I feel is just a bad precedent. Precedent. So, like, I think the information, all that's great. Like, even if those special challenges were only available, like, it just take forever to level up the characters without those challenges. Or you only got one challenge a week. But you can still level up those characters and make, like, you're feeling that progress. And then you can go backwards and do it. I think the price is great. I think the stats is great. I just don't like feel, even though it is a free-to-play game, you have a good point. They need to make money somehow, but I feel like hero leveling is a big point for most games, and that shouldn't be left out of the base game, even though it is free-to-play. I, I think So I sort of agree with what you're saying, but I think it's just the overall type of game Dota is versus the type of game League is. Yeah. Like, at its core, like, I'm not saying any any one of them is more competitive than the other. That's not what I'm saying because, you know, at the highest skill level, they're both very complex games that are very, very hard to play. But yep. I think if you look down at the casual level, the type of casual player that plays Dota and the type of casual player that plays League are two very, very different types of players. No. I think they're yeah, very they're separate. Right. I think yeah. the type of person that plays League very casually, um, I would say I play League very casually. I like to jump in. I like it to be a nice, easy experience. I want to be able to jump into it and not get absolutely destroyed if I'm a new player. Um, and I, I want fun things along the way, like leveling. But if someone gets into Dota, there are, I think there are very few people who get into Dota on a casual level that are looking for things like leveling. I think when you okay. get into Dota, there's a lot more that go into the game at, at a casual level than than like worrying about leveling like you're not going in with your friends and kind of like you know i don't want to say dicking around but like dicking around and having a good time no, dicking around i think is accurate <laughs> yeah but but you're going into a dota match like i can't fuck up i i want to make sure my team does not yell at me and you're just you're just trying your best to understand like this game that like some would say have too many nuances to it a lot of arbitrary things that kind of don't make sense sometimes and they're just piled and piled and piled and piled on so like i think at that level leveling is definitely an extra thing it is is a is a huge extra thing that i I definitely is not i i don't think is needed the the base game for the type of player that plays these games i think i think a big thing we need to look at too is what you're getting from the leveling system Right, I don't think like leveling systems are cool and stuff like that, but it depends on what what the big takeaway is from it. Um, with 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 uh, with Dota, the leveling system that you have is is much more complicated than the one for League. I know this is our like like unfortunately leagues are only only like primary mobile to compare it to, but think about it like you get you get uh, champion progression in League by playing a champion a shit ton performing on it well which you can exploit you can exploit that very easily in you know um if you're a higher ranked player playing in like lower ranked games or playing normals or playing with your friends and shit like that you know what i mean you can exploit that 
Um, with Dota, Dota is, is offering a very specific set of goals, similar to Call of Duty, where you need to kill like X amount of people with headshots and shit like that. You know what I mean? Um, but you're not getting something that's going to make you better. You're still make, getting something that's cosmetic that in League would cost you money, right? With League, all you're getting is an, a, a mastery icon, and that's it. Um, you're getting a, um, a like a little icon in your loading screen too, right? But you're not getting anything that when you compare it with League is going to cost money, which it would. I, I, I promise. I promise if they implement a similar system as far as like, you know, killing X amount of players with like, uh, like an Ash Arrow or something like that, you know what I mean? You would have to pay for that if you wanted to unlock something like a skin or something like that. Now, if it was an emote, like I, I, I think skin is the big part. I think skin's the big the big change on why this should be offered for money because skins are time skins are an investment and skins cosmetically change your character throughout the entire duration of the game too right and it also like flashing a mastery lasts like two two seconds maybe three um but you know the skin you constantly see somebody running around on a skin and like you know you it doesn't matter if you saw them in lane or you didn't see them in lane you know they're a badass motherfucker because they have that mastery skin you know what i mean so i think that's where we're seeing the big divide here, and that's why I think it's justified for money. Okay. So we're getting – we're already over the hour mark, so this is an awesome <laughs> conversation, but we can – we should kind of wrap it up here. But my last thing I want to say is that I understand it's a free-to-play, and there's almost a subscription model for a lot of the free-to-play games. I just don't want to start becoming that there is a big difference that this Dota Plus Battle Pass or whatever starts getting more expensive and the difference between that and the base game gets to be very different. I mean, that works in games like World of Warcraft, stuff like that. But I think what works so well in MOBAs is that everyone goes through the same game no matter what. And I'm just afraid that Dota may continue putting more things behind the paywall that makes a bigger gameplay. Not, not in-game, but just give players a different experience between the two. It's the only thing I don't like to see. Because League of Legends, Dota... They, everyone gets in, they're at the same level, and the only difference you can buy is skins and cosmetic. And I don't want there to start to be so much depth behind a paywall that it doesn't feel like you're playing the same game with if you're not paying. I know that's how a lot of free-to-play games make their money with the subscription, like World of Warcraft. You can't do a lot of things without the subscription. But I don't feel like mobiles are that. Game. I, yeah, I don't... Well, <laughs> you get the free trial, but there yeah, are free... Um, MMOs online that you can't play without a subscription, like the Lord of the Rings one, the Star Wars one, and stuff kind of like that. World of Warcraft may not have been a great example, but I just don't want there just to be that big of a difference because I think that turned a lot of people. But you guys kind of convinced me on a lot of it. I am kind of coming a little bit more to you. I'm curious to see kind of how it goes in the future, but for today, I will uh, succeed and give it to you guys. You guys got the win there. Um, Decisive week. Yeah. I think this was one of the most decisive weeks we've had. You think so? Uh, yeah. yeah, you're probably I mean, right. We, we had right. two big, like, uh, two big topics we argued over. That's true. Those. Yeah, which we we well we the, I think prior to this we only had one week where we argued. Period. So yeah. I mean, like, yeah. And then, so we actually do have a question in the chat. We're a little over today, but luckily, I think at the end, it's going to be start fun and kind of giving people an opportunity to ask questions. And luckily, the question was, any thoughts on competitive Battle Royale games? Which is exactly what we talked about in last week's episode. So all I'm going to say is go back and listen to last week's episode. Um, I have a new opinion, though. Oh, okay. no. Okay, so a new opinion is, uh, <laughs> I, I will follow what I say about Hearthstone. Same exact thing about Hearthstone. 
there is a lot of variance in the game and the variance can make or break your game but i think is if enough people play it and enough people want it to be an esport it's totally fine yeah now and i think it does have a future but yeah like i said uh we're already over so i don't want to go i mean we can go back to this conversation for another half an hour but i feel like the best thing to say is we have some thoughts on it last week um h1z1 they're starting the pro league so we'll go bring this back up when other leagues are announced um i know fortnite just announced that they're going to be having a tournament at e3 so these tournaments and that pro scene is going to start coming up a lot quicker so we'll definitely come back and talk on that but for today go back to last week's episode we kind of go a little bit more into depth on that but besides that i want to thank you everyone that kind of viewed in and that does it for this week's project esport podcast thank you all so much for viewing and listening whether it's downloading on twitch everything it all means a lot yeah don't forget to subscribe or follow guys we have a fancy follow button we don't have the subscribe button yet but we, we will get that subscribe button at some point uh it means it means a shit ton to us guys yeah and also we live stream all our podcasts now sunday nights at 9 p.m eastern time um that's over at project esports podcast on twitch and all the vods go up on monday morning yeah so with that guys i'm james i'm dylan And I'm Andrew. Thank you very much for tuning in.